Hey, business building warrior, this is Jim. Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. So glad you've chosen to join me today with some of the most valuable asset you could possibly ever give someone, and that's some of your time. And you're giving us some of that today, and we're going to make it a great investment, I promise. Today is part two of a two-part interview that I did with a very successful student from our community who's used the proven Amazon course strategies, provenamazoncourse.com is the website. He's used those strategies, the replens strategies specifically, to build a beautiful business very quickly. As you heard in part one, or maybe you didn't hear it yet, he very quickly built his business to the point where he sold $300,000 in a single month worth of replens. That's 200 different profitable products within just a few short months. The $300,000 month happened in March of 2023. And as we head into April of 2023, his business is even bigger and even better. It's an exciting story. He's got a small team working out of a small two-car garage, and they're selling a lot of product. He's found about 200 profitable products. And again, it's all based on the replens strategy and using some unique local sourcing strategies as well that he dives into. He's doing a lot of merchant fulfilling as well. As we start to dive into some of those details in part two of this interview today, you're really going to enjoy some of the specific insights and tips he has. But this episode will make a whole lot more sense if you go back and listen to part one before listening to this episode, which is the second part of our two-part conversation. Before I turn you loose on this episode, one little reminder, The Proven Conference is coming up in July of 2023. That's July 6th through 8th in Columbus, Ohio. Remember this three-word website, The Proven Conference, theprovenconference.com. Get your tickets, come join us. If you'd like to come at no charge because money's tight, you face some financial challenges, we'd love to help you out. We have some very generous sponsors this year who have really stepped up and they've committed a lot of funds to help us pay for the event and allow us to make admission completely free for those who feel challenged by the price. This is a very discreet program. You won't be called out or recognized or asked to stand up and wave your hand at the crowd. Nothing like that. As far as everyone there knows, you paid in full to attend. But we want you there as our guest if you're facing some challenges. We'd love to bless you. Please get over to theprovenconference.com slash scholarship to fill out a simple form. A couple people on my team are taking care of answering those and getting you registered for the event, then you just come and enjoy the event on us. We'd love to see you there. So if you want to join hundreds of people from our community who are using the strategies we teach every day on this podcast, the hundreds of people that you've heard interviewed on this show, building beautiful businesses, the great coaches and leaders from our community, we'd love to have you there with all of us in Columbus, Ohio, July 6th through 8th, theprovenconference.com. There's links to everything discussed on today's show in the show notes for this episode, including the conference. So jump over to silentgym.com, find this episode, and you'll see links to everything located in the show notes where you're listening on YouTube. It's right there below the video, or just go to silentgym.com and hear all the episodes. Maybe a few episodes that you've missed. Not If you're listening on, if you're watching, excuse me, on YouTube right now, you should know that some of our episodes are audio only, and you can only find them on iTunes or at silentgym.com. So get over there and subscribe to our show. Hey, God bless you, business building warrior. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Let's get into part two of our conversation with Chris. Enjoy. 
Uh, I do want to hear more about the kind of products that you're buying. Are you, are you mainly in grocery or? So a lot of our stuff is uh, grocery and consumable products. So the reason why I went over there is because doing the electronics, we had a lot of returns and a lot yes. of refunds. Yeah, you get a lot of complaints and you get people, even in electronics, that's one of the categories I tend to tell people to kind of drift away from on Amazon specifically, because you get into the people who with warranty issues and like, hey, I didn't get my warranty card. And now the, you know, who owes the warranty card to this guy? Was that a legitimate purchase or not? So you get a lot of really vicious IP complaints and things with, with especially mm-hmm. higher end electronics, uh, tend to stay away from that. There's not a lot of categories I tell people to stay away from with replens. But electronics, you know, monitors, especially like, oh, that's a nightmare. <laughs> My monitor at it, you know, it was cracked. It didn't work, whatever. Uh, so many returns. And the only other category that gets a lot of returns, although you can still make a ton of money, is shoes and clothes. You'll get a lot of returns with that as well. Every other category is wide open from my vantage point. Like the grocery stuff. And then we were selling like closely related grocery stuff. So like, if you think about it, like a Keurig coffee maker, like I had mentioned uh, that we had sourced on Walmart, well, we had sourced that, sold that really well. I was like, okay, well, what about these uh, K-cups, the actual consumable that you put in the, in the Mm -hmm. coffee maker? Those sell like hotcakes. They do. (laughs) So, you know, that, that's one of those items that I'm always on the lookout for if, uh, you know, Sam's Club or Walmart or Costco, they have a big sale. There was um, a sale on them not too long ago um, over one of the holidays here that had recently just happened. And I ended up buying like a hundred of these things, a hundred of these packages of these mm-hmm. K-Cups because literally, again, went in store, saw the deal, listed it and sold five of them by the time I had left the store. You know, let me, let me make an observation here. And you probably realize this. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I think you do. National sales happen everywhere. Like mm-hmm. if when Costco has a sale, now it may not be true 100% across the board, but, but like, you know, Kroger's and these chains, Target, when they put stuff on sale, they tend to do it like at least regionally across dozens yeah. or hundreds of stores, mm-hmm. right? So what'll happen quite often is sellers who rely on sales will have a very similar experience. They'll go in like, wow, this jar of peanut butter that normally sells for five bucks, it's, it's $2. And it's selling on Amazon as a two-pack for say, you know, 18. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clean up. I'm gonna, they grab them all. They go home. They prep them. They put them in the boxes. They send them in. They wait six weeks for Amazon yep. to check them in. And suddenly that $18 price that they were selling for when the sale started is now $8 because... Some buy list somewhere put that product that was on sale at a local regional store, you know, that everyone had access to as a great be on the lookout. So everybody mm-hmm. jumps in. But here's Chris over here, smarter than the average bear, saying, okay, if I can get this stuff for sale right now, the day it goes on sale and ship it out tomorrow to customers who want it at $18, then I can hit this before the FBA sellers box it and prep it and ship it in. And now it's going to have a very short shelf life as far as an opportunity for you. For sure. sure. The opportunity is over six weeks from now because now everybody's got it for sale, panicking, trying to get rid of these $2 Mm -hmm. jars of peanut butter that they bought in bulk. But but what I wanted to illustrate here is that's not a true replin from my point, but it is a massive opportunity for those who are prepared to do some merchant fulfill, which is why I'm a huge fan of merchant fulfill. So. What thoughts come to mind as I shared that story? Those are all things you already knew, I'm assuming. 
Oh, yes, absolutely. So to actually further illustrate your point on that, you'll, you'll love this. That was like a two-day sale. I actually caught it on the last two days of the sale. I had placed quite a few orders, got, got them in and everything, sold through quite a bit of it. And then very quickly, Amazon hopped back on the listing, <laughs> annihilated the price that we were able to sell them at. And then I was like, okay, just just calm down. You know, I have my proof of concept. I was like, the stuff flies, it, it, it'll go through and everything. It just, I might have to hold on to it for a sec because I probably bought a little bit too much. Finally, you know, fast forward here, you know, two weeks, it's now selling again now that Amazon's off the listing and it's selling for actually higher than we had sold it, sold it for originally. So many good lessons here. So many good lessons. If it's selling fast, your risks are so low. If you see a good deal, snag it, merchant fulfill it, take the money and run. Man, you can just sell so much so fast on those listings. And if you see Amazon kind of coming and going, huge opportunities there. What you don't want to do is the same thing that a thousand other people are doing, getting out their phone with the Amazon Seller Central app, scanning something that's on sale, seeing, oh, wow, I could make $3 a unit. Clear the shelf because it's on sale at every other store in the country. Suddenly that price, six weeks from now, once it's all checked in, you're going to panic and you're like, everything I buy, the price tanks. Well, it's because you're doing everything exactly the same way everyone else is. All you got to do is change the pattern a little bit and the opportunities are huge. List it, merchant fulfill. Put a few things in envelopes and ship it out today, tomorrow, next day, as this stuff just flies off the shelf at a great price for you before those sales. That's a whole business model. That's just hitting sales which I know a good number of people do that. They'll just work the rotation. There was a gentleman in our community, haven't checked in with him in a while, but he had a multi-million dollar business just going to Target and working the sales schedule. That's it. And it was like, oh, there's nothing. There's no good replans. There's no good opportunities at Target. Yeah, there absolutely are. But if you're willing to merchant fulfill and get in, get out. Now, that's a churn. Those aren't true replans meaning you can't go back tomorrow and buy it again at the same price if it sells well for you. I like the boring replans. I would rather have a catalog, Chris, of ASINs that sell five or six times a month, maybe 10 times Mm -hmm. a month here and there at nice margins. I casually go buy more when I need them. Retail shelves are online. I don't care which. That's beautiful because this churn of chasing the sales is a lot of mental tracking, a lot of work, but it's a beautiful model. And as you've illustrated, you can put a lot of money in the bank really fast. But how many, how much of your inventory would you say is true replens where you very boring way go buy three or four or five more when you need them and they're the same price and it's selling well for you alongside a handful of other sellers versus kind of the peak and valley pricing of some of the other inventory that it sounds like you're into? So the true replens that I would say are like textbook, buy the book, like, oh, research through Keepa and... I spent a lot of time looking and going, hey, is this something I actually want to sell? It may not have had the the lowest sales rank. It may not have been the sexiest product or whatever. I would say I probably have about 25 of those that I'm just constantly going back to Costco or Sam's Club and grabbing five or 10 of those a week. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, that, I got gotcha. you. And then we have our vol- a couple like volume products that we're uh, selling 
that were not Bolo items, I would still classify them as replenishable products, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. classify them as proven replens. For the um, at full retail. The way you because you've got a price advantage. You've found a source, you're able to buy them for two or three bucks a unit cheaper than everyone else, which means you're making three or five bucks a sale when everyone else is kind of struggling and, yep. and you're moving it fast. Merchant fulfill, right? Yep. On most and, of that. A quick little tip for anyone, if they do want a merchant fulfill, one of the things that we did that I noticed, uh, and it was a tip from a podcast for some guys who are merchant fulfilling that I had noticed really set up our sales velocity was to change to a one-day handling time. Oh, that's a great tip. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, I can't get stuff out in one day. Well, you're going to have a lot. And you know why that works, Chris? Do you know why that works? Yes, but tell me what. Tell me well, what I'm pretty sure from a shopper psychology vantage point, right? That's why it works because mm-hmm. now you're competing. You could, because a lot of times people are, are looking at, they're not looking at the best price. You know, like I know when my wife uses Amazon, the lowest price is almost completely irrelevant. Yeah. If it's something okay. she needs, especially, right? Like I'll pay $8 more to have it here tomorrow. Are you kidding me? Yes, of course I need it. Why else would I be buying it if I didn't need it? I don't need it 10 days from now, right? So you're now competing because when Amazon gives the estimated delivery date, it's based oh, yeah, on your yeah. ability to turn around the product as the, as the seller and ship it. So if you say, I can do it in one day versus I can do it in you know something more yeah, than one the, day. The, it, the default is set in there as, as five, but somehow it's got like a little hover over icon that says it's two. So it's somewhere mm-hmm. between a two to five day normal mm-hmm. window if you're doing FBM. But if right. you go in there in the advanced settings, you can change it to a one day. Yep. And like I had said, on some of our products, there's not a lot of FBA. So if you can beat them on, you know, the the price versus what the FBA offer is, and then you still have a very similar handling time. Mm-hmm. Some of our items, the customers don't really care yeah. uh, if it's FBA. You're doing a lot of FBM. Let me ask, let me set up a, a, I'm trying to learn a lesson, a new lesson in my head right now, connecting some dots. How much of your stuff is going local in Florida? You said you're in Tampa now. An inordinate amount or about what you'd expect random? No, it's over a random amount. I would say probably on the daily 15 to 20% of it. But we we do get a lot of... Also, to your point, though, we do also get a lot of stuff that would be if we shipped it out of UPS ground or whatever, it would be a two-day ship and -hmm. and whatnot. Uh, We ship Mm -hmm. out to California, but it's not necessarily at that same rate. Absolutely. Amazon's algorithms are as smart as I was kind of hoping they were. Meaning if you're doing merchant fulfill one day and you live in a fairly or near fairly metropolitan area or, you know, within the handful of cities, fairly larger cities, you're going to have a unique advantage over so many other sellers who don't have those things going for them. Yeah. That local advantage you talk about. Exactly. You're going to win the buy box more because the buy box isn't a national thing. People sometimes think like, oh, the buy box is set at X for this price for this product, right? No, it's not. You go to different cities and it's going to be different things. You go down to Tampa and Chris owns the buy box on that ASIN because he can merchant fulfill it, put it in a box today and have it to you tomorrow. And you could be the lowest price in Los Angeles on that same ASIN, dominating the buy box for California for that ASIN. But Chris owns that ASIN in Florida because he's merchant fulfilling. He can deliver it 
you know, very quickly merchant. So the fact that you're seeing, you know, an inordinate, if that's the right word, I think it is inordinate amount, an unfair advantage almost with your Florida-based merchant fulfill operation that tells me Amazon's algorithm is as smart as we all hope it is. That tells me if you're not doing some merchant fulfill on some of those fast moving items, even up against other FBA sellers who may have their inventory sitting in a warehouse, you know, several states away or more expensive shipping rate away or an extra day of shipping away, you're going to get some sales that you wouldn't get otherwise. Those local regional advantages, it's a thing. If you live near big cities, you're crazy not to be doing some merchant fulfill on the fast moving ASINs. That's the lesson. Mm-hmm. And kind of back to what I was saying, my my rule, if I'm sitting on inventory, even these consumables of uh, more than 14 days, I will then send it over to FBA because the only reason it would not be moving in my case, if it's, you know, more of a higher sales velocity product that I, that I had done, but it's still sitting or, you know, my price is great and whatnot. The only reason it's not moving in my case is because there's so many prime offers that I'm trying to compete against as an FBM seller that I have to transition that inventory over to FBA. But I still try to give every product its fair shot at FBM. It sounds like you've stumbled on something pretty incredible. I mean, you're just three months in and you understand replans. You understand the, the moving parts of that, which is vital. You don't just wake up one day and like, oh, replens makes total sense in about three minutes. Like, no, it, it takes a little bit of work to understand what you're looking for uh, and how to use Keepa. But you understand those basics. And to the probably the greatest extent that I've heard in our community, you're leveraging Merchant Fulfill at its full capacity. Now, out of a two-car garage, now this would be an intimidating story if you're saying, yeah, we got a 40,000 square foot warehouse and because you know, <laughs> we've got eight employees and like people, like that's a less impressive story. But out of your own two-car garage, you got a hand. How big is your team? So the team is myself. Mom is helping me. My fiance was she's not well. She's not doing her nanny job. She'll like in the evening. She'll come help us pack out the last of our orders. Um, if we we're still packaging at you know five five thirty by the time she gets home and whatnot. Also, one of the neighbors uh, had tracked us down, and it was funny because we were listening to the podcast, my mom and I, and we we're like oh man, we could really use some help. And then you had said that just kind of repeatedly over the day that we had listened to three or four podcasts. And quite literally the next day, the neighbor flag flags me down while I'm out, you know, just outside of the garage packaging stuff um, behind my car and whatnot. And they need some help. uh, They're like, do you need some help? My my daughter needs a job and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, just come over. You know, it's not it's not that yeah. difficult. From the stuff in the boxes, it's yeah. a little bit more you know physical because some of the stuff that we sell is you know ten or eighteen or twenty pounds heavy and whatnot. Sure. And you know, it lifting that kind of stuff a couple hundred times or you know fifty times. It's a workout. Know, yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a workout, especially in Tampa. It's in hot. I mean, you guys get into the nineties down there, you know, so you got to take some some water breaks and such. But you're getting it done, man. That's awesome. And I love that step between. A lot of times people say, "Hey, when do I know if I'm big enough to use a warehouse or a prep center?" I'm like, "Well, there's a step in between using your own house mm-hmm. and going all the way to warehouse. Like you use some neighbors. You use the neighbor's garage. You use the sweet old lady across the street. You know, she's a widower and she's got a widow and she's got you know a three car garage that's empty. <laughs> it used to be full. Now it's not. 
that's our headquarters now, <laughs> right? Yep. Like there's all kinds of interesting arrangements you can get into that don't require you to sign a five-year lease on a you know 10,000 square foot warehouse space somewhere. Uh, so we'd love to see those because now you're connecting with neighbors and and it's a relational thing and it's all close, it's local. You can do that merchant fulfill. I, I pound that point all the time. I think you're now my new favorite illustration when people are like, ah, no, I just want to do it all FBA. Like, well, let me tell you a story, <laughs> right? Within three months, these guys were at multiple six figures a month at great margins, using a few neighbors to help out when they had to. And I think, Chris, you guys, if if you needed to, could move this out of your garage if you wanted to, if you needed to. It, it, it's it's getting to that point right now. I had just asked uh, Catherine if I could pull out uh, her car uh, that needs to charge and everything because it's an electric vehicle. I asked her if I could pull it out and take over the other half of the garage. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and she was very supportive because yeah. she wants to keep everything here at the house and everything. And, you know, I don't necessarily want to have to go over to a warehouse mom doesn't want to have to go over there uh but it is getting the point uh we did have one one complaint with our hoa uh neighbor who uh, <laughs> decided to uh make it his business to yeah. file a complaint it's always the retired guy walking a dog about this big right that's, yep. that's got the issues right so, yep. so uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see how that all works out but yeah. if we keep on scaling up anymore you know i i can totally see us moving over to a warehouse i'm just from my previous experience where we did have the warehouse and did sign the long-term lease and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I'm yeah. just like, I'm not sure I want to spend my entire day over at the warehouse. Mm-hmm. I enjoy being home. I enjoy the freedom to, you know, walk downstairs and start processing, sure. processing orders in the garage, whether that's um, when I wake up at 8 a.m. or, you know, I want to go work out or something in our our load for the day isn't too heavy. You know, I can start at 10 or 11. I'm not sitting there waiting over at the warehouse for my employees to come because they're scheduled to work at nine or what happened. Sure. Yeah. The flexibility is the dream is being completely flexible, disciplined. And you talked about that early on and we don't really have the time left in this episode to go into it, but I respect, especially a younger guy like you, that's like who recognizes Discipline is a huge element. And the way you do anything is the way you do everything, right? I love that saying. And it's it just holds so true. So the way you're disciplined in your your morning and your routine and your physical and you know your relationships, it's going to reflect in your business. But keeping it that flexibility that you are so desirous of it means having it home, near home. You don't want to have to get in the car and drive half an hour to a warehouse with people who showed up earlier than you and the, the awkwardness of it. But there's other solutions between where you are and that, such as someone else has a warehouse, you know, you, mm-hmm. you, you use it, you leverage some of their space, you co-lease on a six month and just check it out. You know, don't, don't commit huge. And the other thing I would say is you're, as you're building this team out and you're kind of thinking, do we want to get some space? If you get space, one of the benefits of having been on this podcast, for example, is you can have some people reach out to you and and want to pick your brain and talk to you. And feel free to send them back to us, by the way. And if you're watching this episode, let me just remind you that our guests do get a lot of email. So if Chris ignores you, don't take it personal. They do get a lot of messages. We've got the tools and resources to help you. That's what we do all day over day, every day here. But you might have the opportunity to launch a prep center of your own doing merchant fulfill because you're good at it. There's a shortage. We've got a prep center network. That's actually the website, prepcenternetwork.com. It's a free resource. All the known prep centers in the United States and around the world, actually, we've listed several. But not many of them do merchant fulfill. 
So if you've got that kind of dialed in, I would think that you could have a pretty viable operation pretty quick offering merchant fulfill services to a handful of clients. And now you can start to justify a warehouse, right? Because you've got the stability of diversification. You're handling the business for a lot of other people. It wouldn't take more than, you know, five, seven, 10 clients. And you've got a pretty, they're paying your rent now, right? So that's the beauty of this community too, is, you know, these good ideas float. They attract more people who kind of latch onto the concepts. And now you're, you become a bit of a perceived leader, expert, opportunities come to that. And uh, we're actually creating content right now on how to launch a prep center that's being created. That's one of the great topics we're going to talk about at our upcoming conference in July, which we talked before we hit record today. I really want to get you guys there. If we have to like drive down and pick you up and drag you to Ohio, we might have to do that because I would just love to have you guys there. It's my treat if you can come. I already told you that. I'm going to take care of you guys and get you there. But that's one of the topics is how to launch a prep center because there is a lot of need. All, All of our international students need this. I mean, think of this for a second, Chris. You're an international student listening to this today. You live outside the United States and you want to do merchant fulfill inside the United States. Think, well, I'm out of luck, man. (laughs) How do I do that? The prep centers don't do it. I can't go to the US. I can't send the stuff here and merchant fulfill it, obviously, from my country. You know, it has to be shipped fast when it's, well, I need someone who can, I need prep centers that can do merchant fulfill. And there's a few that do, but nowhere near enough. Gotcha. Big big opportunity for you as an entrepreneur, I'm thinking, you know, to, to, uh, start to step into that arena. I think you have know, people asking you, hey, when are you going to launch that prep center? Jim told me you were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I got to check in with uh, Katie on uh, if we can figure out her work schedule to come to For the, the conference. conference. Oh, sure, sure. That's and we'd love to see you guys there. So. Yeah, it's uh, The Proven Conference for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about. There's a link in the show notes as well. We'll get back to the show in just a second, but I've got to tell you about our latest sponsor who's making this show possible. I'm talking about Store Fund. Here's what they do. If you're an Amazon seller who's getting some momentum, but the money coming back to you from Amazon is coming in a little slow, well, you can get your hands on the money Amazon owes you today using Store Fund. Go check them out. SilentGym.com slash SF, as in store fund. Let's say you have a big $1,000 sales day. You're thinking to yourself, man, it'd be nice to get my hands on that money right now today. Well, for a small fee, about 2%, $20, you get the money Amazon owes you quickly. You can put it back to work right now instead of waiting for Amazon to pay you, in some cases, several weeks later. That's store fund. Silentgym.com slash SF, as in store fund. Hey, let's get back to the program. I got to check in with uh, Katie on uh, if we can figure out her work schedule to come to the, the conference. conference. Oh, sure, sure. That's and we'd love to see you guys there. So. Yeah, it's uh, The Proven Conference for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about. There's a link in the show notes as well. Well, hey, what else? This, this has been a longer episode. I don't want to keep you longer than you had planned. I think we've already done that today. But so valuable. But if there are any questions you have for me or any uh, insights or tips for the community, anything else on your list that you wanted to be sure to hit today, I don't want to cut you off prematurely because uh, um, you're, yeah, you're a goldmine of good info, man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I kind of talked over uh, one of the uh, one of my points that I wanted to share with everyone, but I'll go over it again. Like I had said, um, if you are 
interested in doing the FBM process, uh, you know, do the one day handling times and uh, try to move as much, you know, volume on those products as you possibly can. Like I had said, though, some ASINs just will not move FBM because you have a lot of competing FBA sellers or uh, depending upon where you are, you may not have that local advantage. So I, like I had said, try to sell all my inventory that we have in like one to two weeks. And if I'm holding longer than like 15 to 30 days, it's for sure going uh, FBA and Amazon can deal with it. And as soon as it hits FBA and they actually do finally check it in, it usually sells out. And then when um, they do finally check it in, I love that. Yeah, that's so true. And, and then you can then you can do this whole, you know, typical replan strategy of, you know, you hit 30 days. This is what I typically recommend. Wait 30 days at a price you like. And if it doesn't start moving, then you just slowly drop the price and decide if it's a replan or not based on how it performs as you drop the price. If there's no margin left and you just basically getting your money back, I'm not going to go buy more of that in FBA it anymore. I'm I'm moving on. That ASIN is off the list now. But if it does happen to flip, you've got a new winning replant that you just simply FBA. And for those who don't know, you've, I'm sure you've figured it out this by now, Chris. You can have on the same ASIN, you can be an FBA yep. seller and an FBM seller at two different price points. Yeah, there's a couple of products that we do that on that uh, you know we'll sell one or two F- FBM and then... Uh, you know, I will do a little bit of a larger shipment over to, you know, more than one to two over to Amazon and those units will move that way. But, uh, you know, I still don't like taking that option off the table just that way. You know, if, if somebody does need to get it out immediately today, awesome. Yeah. Another tip that I was going to offer for those doing uh, retail arbitrage uh, would be uh, if you do not like going to the store. You had said uh, previously on some of the podcasts, you can hire, you know, a friend or a neighbor or someone who would want to go out and, you know, go, go shop for you. For sure. You can also use Instacart, like Walmart delivery, Sam's club also has their own delivery. Uh, So like kind of how I have it broken down on our numbers and everything, Sam's club for like plus members uh, when we shop there, uh, it's $8 for delivery. So Mm -hmm. I've got already priced in on my items. Can I at least get at least 16 items to make this delivery trip worthwhile to save my time over there? And it's it breaks down to 50 cents an item delivered. And I'm like, wow, okay. Why? How much of that have you done? So I've recently started getting more into doing that. So yesterday I had... Uh, <laughs> At BJ's, I had half of a pallet of stuff delivered uh, yesterday. Wow. Um, (laughs) Delivered by by a shopper in their SUV. And I was like, They put it on a pallet? Surely not. No, they didn't bring it on a pallet. Just when I put it in the garage, it it had... That's um, how much it took up. Yeah, it stacked up. I'm thinking, you know, you see that same... You see a driver, they do a really good job. They take mm-hmm. you seriously when you say no substitute products, please, because as a seller, we don't want substitute products no. showing up, man, uh, to to flip uh, for our inventory. Maybe just hire. Hey, you know, what, what are you making an hour? I've had conversations like that in stores. I'll see these people like, what well, what are you pulling down per hour? Do you like to work, you know, more set hours and have the potential maybe get a commission and just you know, you find a good shopper that you resonate with, just put them on the team, man. As a as a ten ninety nine worker, you know, you don't a, a contract worker, uh, you don't necessarily want to hire hire them they have complete flexibility can work when they want to but 
here's the stuff we need and go find as much of it as you want. And that's kind of the arrangement we have. We've got a spreadsheet that at any given time, any of us on the team can pull up this shared Google Doc sheet. It shows what we need of how many things and which stores we've seen it at. So if you're out shopping anywhere for yourself, whatever, you just pull up the spreadsheet and like, oh, we need eight of this. Oh, they've got three of these back in stock. Finally, pull them off the shelf, right? So we've got this shared sheet and you can plug in under your name. We've got it pretty dialed Mm -hmm. in. Oh, somebody else already grabbed those. They just haven't been brought in to check into the inventory yet. So we don't want a bunch of people buying the same stuff, right? We've got a pretty dialed in process at this point, but you can do those kinds of things and just hire some good help. And like you said, to your point, Chris, you're not the one going to the store and you're not inconveniencing yourself having to go to the store. You've built a team, you build a process and maybe you're just using Walmart. I think Walmart has, last time I looked, we used it a few times, unlimited free delivery if you pay X dollars per month. Walmart Plus or something like that. Yeah, Walmart Plus gives you unlimited free delivery. Instacart Plus is kind of like the same thing. Uh, Target through Ship is some similar. You know, I I just wanted to give people another option if they did have free funds that they were sourcing. You know, that's one thing I've started doing is, you know, oh, I had five or six of these uh, come through overnight. I don't have them in you know, our garage or whatnot, or we had sold through, sold through them yesterday, or I had one of them, but we sold three of them you know, because somebody had ordered a multiple quantity uh, order on their, on their order and, oh, I'm one short. Okay, well, is there other items that we are selling that I can you know, restock back up on that you know, I know I am moving? That I can, you know, afford to pay the delivery fee versus have have to go, you know, out there myself, right? And you know, from the store, and you right. know, I've kind of been using that a little bit more, and kind of getting into like, like I had said, the this hybrid retail arbitrage online model, uh, where you know, it is it is local retail, but I'm you know able to source it online. Yeah, it, once you find a winner. And it's a consistent winner. No reason not to go try to find it at a better price. That's cool. You know, buy it in bulk, get into wholesale. I I love the theme today is don't ignore local retail. If people have kind of romanticized the idea of being able to completely avoid all local retail stores, and there's many people who have, good for you. But, you know, I had lunch just a few weeks ago with one of our students, you know, multiple six figures a month, you know, built a beautiful business. Half of it's local retail. Shoppers hitting the store shelves. Half of it's online. There's just so many opportunities and benefits to being willing to merchant fulfill, being willing to walk into local stores or pay someone else to do it or pay a Walmart, you know, delivery service or, you know, one of these other, there's a solution for anything. Like you don't want to do it yourself. Okay. Pay someone 15 bucks an hour, problem solved on literally every aspect of this business to the point where you, you really can completely automate it and build something beautiful, but don't leave that low hanging local fruit out there for someone else to to go through. There's opportunity everywhere. Well done, man. What are the tips you have? Any strategies or anything else you want to get into before we start to wrap wrap this one up? Um, The last thing I wanted to just leave everyone with uh, was kind of, this was said uh, to me when I was trying to just kind of figure things out in August 2022 here, was figure out how you can build a moat around the products or the items that you're sourcing. Mm and more or less a competitive advantage that maybe not only you can deliver, but a competitive advantage that sets you apart from the 
mass majority of the other yes. sellers. So like yes. in, in my case here, you know, uh, FBM with a one day handling time, I can compete against quite a few sellers who may be offering prime. I'm not going to get the buy box versus a prime offer if it's near, near about the same price. But if I also, you know, I've been able to in building my moat, I can sit there and get a gift card at a certain percentage off, or I can, you know, buy that gift card as well with a credit card that I've got 2% cash back on or whatever, just stack these little discounts and things up that allow you to build and price yourself competitively, whether or not you're doing the FBM or FBA process uh, for your replens. So like one of the reasons I love uh, going to uh, BJ's, I have a 5% cashback credit card with them. So I'm just getting 5% right off the top of everything that we're doing with yeah. them. That That's hard to compete with when you have somebody order, ordering, you know, from Walmart or whatnot, the prices may be a little bit more for the same item or from Sam's, the price is exactly the same, but I, I've already got that 5% off plus I'm sales tax exempt with our LLC. So fantastic tips. Yeah. Stack those discounts, build a moat. I love that. And you'll always be building a moat as a business owner. You will always be building a moat around what it is you're doing, trying to find unique creative advantages that separate out your ability to deliver value to the end buyers over what other people are able to do. That that's what business is. <laughs> it's delivering mm-hmm. maximum value to your customer for the minimum cost and expense to yourself. Well, if other people figure out exactly what you're doing, well, it becomes a bit of a challenge. But thankfully, on Amazon, any given day, hundreds of thousands of new ASINs become beautiful replens. And they may stay that way for weeks or months, or, or even in some cases, years. Or it may be a one-time get in, make your opportunity, get out. But you're not going super deep into any of those ASINs. And that allows you to build a very stable model while playing very in a very friendly fashion in a large group of a bunch of other people doing the exact same business model. But you've got local advantages, you've got regional advantages, you've got relational advantages, you've got uh, your ability to, you know, merchant fulfill versus some people who refuse to do so. Or for us, for example, you know, we've got our hazmat, which you, it sounds like you yeah. guys, do you guys have your hazmat yet? No, no, I do not. But right. that is, most sellers that, don't. That's a great advantage. <laughs> yeah. And, and suddenly, you know, you're, like you said, you've kind of built a moat probably, I don't know what the percentage is. I'm going to guess 10% of all Amazon sellers have hazmat, you know? So now suddenly there's a whole category of stuff that I can, I can merchant fulfill hazmat. Suddenly I'm an even smaller, more elite group of people who are willing to do those types of things, right? So uh, yeah, I love the idea of building a moat and you learn the basics, learn the strategies, but then take advantage of those unique advantages that you have that only you can access or only a handful of people like you can access. Well done, man. You've got quite a story. and I can't wait to see where you are just a few years from now. Your trajectory is phenomenal, dude. Beautiful. I just wish I would have started this uh, stuff or just doing Amazon back in 20, 2014 when I had started started doing this, but also at <laughs> really? the same time. Well, well we were, uh, to give you some idea, we were uh, looking at buying the, uh, uh, I think it was like the training back way back when, when they had first started uh, selling that and all that, and uh, just didn't pull the plug. We were too busy doing our print-on-demand yeah. stuff. Well, uh, you know, not to knock anyone, there's a lot of great in- 
stuff out there. I'll never say anything negative on this show about anyone. Sure. But had you started off with private label, which is what that particular course was about, it still is to my knowledge. If you yep. start as a new seller, trying to launch a private label brand, trying to bring a new product to the market, your odds of success are abysmal at best. So that might've been a disastrous way to start. Oh, it for, for sure would have been. <laughs> and that's why I was like, you know, but also at the same time, I'm glad we didn't. And I had uh, kind of learned through all these ups and downs of being a green entrepreneur where now, you know, fast forward almost 10 years later, I have learned a lot of these lessons and uh, have a lot more experience uh, through all the trials and tribulations and, you know, kind of me getting in my own way and tripping over my own feet, so to speak, you know, that I can now one, appreciate the opportunity here that I do have with Amazon, but, and, you know, not take it for granted. Like I had taken the name t-shirts back when that was so easy to do, you know, I would spend, you know, five or six hours doing it instead of 12 hours, which I should have done. And that was always a big regret of mine where now I'm a little bit older. I've experienced, you know, some of those lessons and things where, Hey, you know, now is the time that may not always be like this. Something could change in the market today or tomorrow, or, you know, three months from now that, my FBM advantage might go away. Amazon might change a policy. It just it's something. There's always these variables in business that I've come to learn. You know, you, you never see coming and you do always have to kind of pivot and or adjust. And that's been one thing I've been really good at. But it does take some time and it take and it kind of takes you a little bit off guard when they do happen. And sometimes it takes you a minute to get back up on your feet when, when it does happen. Yeah. And, and that's why I consider and always have called this a multiple income streams community. So you want to be you want to be bolting down processes that are proven to work, putting good people in charge, automating them to the greatest extent possible, and then seeking other opportunities based on the momentum of what I've just done here. What else could I be doing that complements and benefits from what's been built already? And so often in this community, what I've seen, the the track I've seen play out is like you, for example, we've already talked, you know, the prep center. Now I've got a good handful of clients. You're qualified to help other businesses build a presence on Amazon. You're qualified to go in and educate them and get paid to do so. Create some content in our community. You know, maybe we start talking about a, a merchant fulfill, everything you need to know to do it at scale. Like we don't have that content right now. Merchant fulfill at scale. That's some underserved territory in our community. You could create a course, create content. We pay you well to do it. Your perceived leader in the community, the Amazon seller space now, which leads to more opportunities, right? So you kind of leverage off the successes that you're having. You share what you know, what you've learned. You get paid to do it. There's three business models that I've identified in 20 years. And through Amazon, you can start to leverage all three. We used to actually call our annual events the CES events based on those three models. Consult, teaching others what it is you know. E-expand, growing an audience of people who listen to you when you speak or S, sell things, sell physical products, sell, you know, anything to anyone, (laughs) but you got to learn how to sell something. So typically we start people with selling physical products, then you move into serving an audience. And then sometimes ultimately being a high paid consultant and expert. We've got people in our community, for example, who've set helped dozens of businesses get established on Amazon with their products Mm -hmm. and they're getting paid well to do so. They're consultants and they're getting a piece of those businesses you're qualified to do that now. Free up your time, build a system, automate it, become a consultant. Most brands out there are desperate for help. When I say most, that's not an exaggeration. 
Most brands on Amazon are frustrated about Amazon. They see it as a almost a necessary evil that they'd love some help navigating without having to pay an arm and a leg. So if you come in, you know, somewhere with an offer, you know, for a few thousand dollars, yeah, I'll help clean it up. And for, you know, 10% a month of whatever Amazon sells, I'll get in there and manage your account for you and with you wide open. You can build a massive business so fast and you're qualified for that. So multiple streams of income is the is kind of the seed I wanted to plant with you, Chris, and the listeners mm-hmm. too. Because when we start talking about pivoting all the time, sometimes people get nervous. Like, no, that's beautiful. That just means there's more opportunity. Opposition means opportunity every single time. So that that opposition you feel trying to build a business and all the new rules and the things changing constantly, well, that's just opportunity. That's all that is. My next thing that it- my next thing that I want to add into our Amazon business is doing the print on demand stuff that I have just such a previous experience with. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing what opportunity. you actually bring in the conference and everything with that. Yeah, so. man, I, I would love to see you guys there. We're going to, because that's a big subject that's coming. We've been testing a lot, you know, creating bundles that no one else can sell against with print on demand items mixed into the bundle. So, you know, you got, uh, you got your, you're talking about your Keurig K-Cups or whatever, and you get a couple boxes, you know, brand A and brand B that you normally don't see together, but you've brought them together and you've got this awesome mug now, print on demand mug with a saying or a quote or your website or whatever, you know, something political or something interesting or, you know, something relevant currently in the, in the, you know, in the the media or whatever. And so now you've brought all these things together. You've got these great keywords fueling it, and it's a listing that only you can sell against. Throw a few papers. That's so a few pay-per-click ads at that. You know, you know pay-per-click and know enough and how to not to get burned. Uh, give it a little momentum, test it out. And you know, one out of every handful of those are going to take off. And now you've got just this beautiful ASIN that only you own. Mm-hmm. That, right. that, that is just so genius at taking your replens products and bundling them out with like a POD item. That's- well, we, we teach it, provenbrandbuilding.com. <laughs> it's one of the modules inside the Proven Amazon course, Proven Brand Building. It's one of the strategies. It's kind of like the, a level two strategy. Once you understand mm-hmm. the basics, get into branded bundles. We've got branded bundle students in our community doing hundreds of thousands of dollars a month of just a couple different bundles that they put together that are winners. You know, I'm talking like the last number I heard from one of them was 750,000 in a month on a, on a single branded bundle <laughs> of stuff you could go source from anywhere mm-hmm. mixed in with a high value item. You can't just use a, a pin with your name on it. Yeah. Right? That'll get shut down eventually. It'll work temporarily. But you want to, you know, some higher value adds value to the customer experience. And I, I think, you know, to play it completely safe, it needs to be perceived as or actually the highest value item in the bundle. But if that's a unique item, then yeah, you can dominate that that listing and do really well. Plenty of ways for you to diversify from here, man. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, looking forward to hopefully seeing you in July, my friend. Thank you for giving us so much time today. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Let me just talk to the listeners for just a moment. This has been a longer episode. I may have turned this one into a two-parter at this point. And we do that sometimes. So if you just listen to the end of episode two, I don't know, or maybe we left it as one episode. I'll have to decide that when I look at how much time we spent here. But thank you so much for joining Chris and I today. We had a blast. I know Chris and I did. We certainly learned a lot and challenged each other. Hopefully you enjoyed coming along for the ride as well. If you want to hear hundreds of other episodes where I talk to successful students from our community who are using the stuff that we teach all day, every day around here. We've got a free Facebook group with hundreds of them, 72,000 people, hundreds and hundreds of 
success story posts and people telling us what's working and sharing their challenges as well. If you like all that, well, listen to a whole bunch more of our podcast. Subscribe wherever you're listening. We love those iTunes subscribers, by the way. That really gives us a bump because this is our only marketing is this show. That's it. We don't do any other marketing and this show is completely free. So listen to a handful of other episodes. Jump into our Facebook group. There's links to all that at silentgym.com. You can also see links to all the resources that Chris and I discussed today in the show notes. That's at silentgym.com. Just find this episode or if you're watching on YouTube, we love those thumbs up and subscribers there as well. Thanks for hanging out with us today. But on behalf of the whole team that puts all this together and my great guest, one last time, Chris, you did a tremendous job. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much for having you me, Jim. Really it's did been an a honor. beautiful job, man. I feel like we could spend hours together still learn. And we're going to have to have you back. When you're hitting like half a million a month, let's get you back, man. <laughs> okay? Might have a warehouse by then. We'll see. Maybe. We'll see, man. We'll, we'll probably be working with this on some project or something. But on behalf of Chris and all the people that put this stuff together, so many people on our team serve in this community with excellence. God bless you, business building warrior. We'll do this again real soon. Hey, thanks for joining us today. One last shout out to the sponsor today that's doing some really cool things for sellers in the Amazon community. If you've had a big sales day recently and you're thinking to yourself, man, I would love to get the cash now instead of waiting on Amazon to pay me much later, well, that's where Storefund can help. Go to silentgym.com slash SF, as in Storefund, silentgym.com slash SF. So let's say you had a big $1,000 sales day. Wouldn't it be nice to pay a small 2% fee? So $1,000, 2%, 20 bucks or $20. You can get all your money now that Amazon owes you. Pretty cool business model. They're helping a lot of sellers scale faster, keeping their money moving, keeping their inventory moving. That's silentgym.com slash SF. Thank you, Storefund, for being a great sponsor of this program. We'll have another great episode for you very soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.